0: Well, hello. Thank you for being here. This is the meeting place. It is the meeting after the meeting. Today we are talking to professionals and business owners about their career choices, um, trying to give more information, trying to empower, educate, and inspire others who are looking for new career choices or to share with their family um, or young adults that are gonna be going off to vocational school or college. Um, And we wanna just hear the backgrounds, how some of these um, professionals have gotten started. So, we have, uh, as I go around, I will let um, each um, professional um, give their information um, about what they're doing so you can hear all the careers and things from them. Okay? So, um, how about if we start with introductions first, just, you know, give your name and um, whatever information that you want to share before I get started with the question. So I, if I can have the first person start.
1: My name is Will McNeil. I'm the owner of McNeil Automotive. I've been there for 20 years.
2: Okay.
0: Very good. Um, can I have the next person, please?
3: Hi, good afternoon. My name is Elmika Steele, and uh, I'm an attorney uh, licensed with the State Bar of Michigan. Um, I currently um, work at the Wayne, at, uh, County of Wayne, and I'm a deputy director in the Department of Public Services.
0: Excellent. Thank you. The next person, please.
4: Hi, my name is Robert. Hi, my name is Robert Price. I'm the uh, owner of Price Roofing and Construction Services, and our business is located in Pontiac, Michigan.
0: Very nice. Next person.
2: Hi, my name is Dr. Donna Smith. I'm an occupational and environmental medicine physician at General Motors. Excellent. Next person, please.
5: Hi, uh, my name is Todd Terry, and I am the uh, owner of Terry Insurance Agency, uh, Austin Insurance, uh, we're in Shelby, Township,
6: Michigan.
0: Nice. And last person, Mr. Steele.
6: Yes, hello, my name is Kevin Steele. I am the owner of Steele Business Group Limited Liability Company, as well as Cardella's Garden, Law and Landscape Service. I am a resident of Rochester Hills, Michigan, and glad to be on the podcast today. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys, your time and everything. Um, So I'm going to start with the first question, which is how did you um, choose your profession? How did you choose this career?
7: Well,
1: that's a good question. Um, It started very young for me. Um, I was 13 years of age. I had a passion on working on cars. I uh, found that out uh, working with my neighbor. Uh, the big sum of the story is me and my neighbor was working on a old school car and uh, of, of a nearby neighbor, and uh, we put an engine in it. So as he was wow. teaching me and was going along uh, going throughout the day and learning different things, and I actually had a good time just watching, learning, turning screws, getting oily, doing all those basic things. <laughs>
7: uh,
1: yeah. yeah, it was it was actually pretty phenomenal. Um, at the end of the day, the car started up. I got so excited. I uh, I was covered in oil. I was smelling <laughs> like oil, and it, uh, it, it, it it. I felt some kind of way. So then, right. the icing the icing of the cake was. When the owner of the vehicle came by, and mm-hmm. at that time, I was 13 years of age, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling my age now, it was a 1984 to be exact. Okay. Uh, the gentleman walked over to me. Yellow, he paid the the installer. He He, he gave me $50. Oh, wow. And just imagine, just imagine <laughs> at 13 years of age with $50, and in my mind, I was like, Wow, you paid me this to do that,
7: uh-huh. and it was
1: a no, it was a no brainer. It just clicked, nice. and I actually fell in love with working on cars. And I knew that I can, I I knew that I was going to be a professional at, at that point.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. So you were rich. You were rich
5: yeah it was uh
1: it, it definitely it definitely opened my eyes and uh at that time it was a lot of things going on in the neighborhood and I, i'm glad that trapped me versus other things but okay. it, it really opened my eyes
0: very nice very nice can i have the second speaker please
3: hi this is uh miss Steele, and um uh, for my profession as an attorney uh, you know, as I was uh, thinking about that question, you know, I I sort of wonder if I chose the profession or if it chose me.
7: i um, mean
3: mm. that you know, there's something about, for me, even as a child, public speaking, advocacy, and, and persuasion uh, with written word or spoken word. It was something I was always drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even from very young, it just always seemed like that was a natural fit for me to pursue a career in the law. It just seemed to, to check all of the boxes for the things that I was most passionate about. Uh, mm-hmm. So in, in a lot of ways, I feel like naturally, I was drawn to ha- pursuing a career in the law.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. Next person.
4: Uh, yes. Um, uh, as this as the... Um, Speaker: The last speaker had said, um, I, I definitely know that my profession chose me because it's a family business,
2: mm-hmm. and,
4: uh, at again, at a very young age, as the first speaker said, um, I was involved, again, we're in the roofing business with my family's roofing business, and my father made sure that at age 9, 10, or 11, I was up out of bed, and I was not necessarily on a roof per se, but I was out there on the job cleaning up shingles or picking up nails or doing whatever, you know, obviously, as we call it, work that they needed me to do uh, as a 9- or 10-year-old. And it, even back then, I, I must say I, I did not like that. But <laughs> as as time went on and I learned the other aspects of the business, it is uh, something I began to, in, to enjoy and, and have a great interest of, of, of learning the overall aspects of the business. And so it, it kind of chose me. And, um, and so even after I went to school and came back, um, you know, other opportunities presented themselves. But I've seen nothing better than, than working in the business uh, with my
2: family and for
4: myself.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Can I have the next speaker, please?
2: Hi, this is uh, Dr. Smith, Donna Smith, and uh, uh, it's it's strange, but the career does choose you because you have a tendency toward what you like and what you're good at, and mine was biology, and uh, so I had an internal drive to complete uh, studies to become a physician, and it took me quite a while, but the drive never left me, so I kept pursuing that career even after 20 years as a secretary, Uh, and also I was four, so I knew that I didn't want to exist on a minimum wage for the remainder of my life.
0: Okay. Interesting. Okay. Nice. And the next speaker.
5: Yeah. Todd Terry again. Um, I I stumbled on um, my career with Allstate. Um, I had worked with uh, DMAC financing, General Motors, for five mm-hmm. years Uh, Within a couple years into that, you know, I I noticed that the opportunities for me to advance were were kind of limited. So I started looking around and uh, kind of stumbled onto off-stage. And uh, it's been the best thing um, that I could have, the best decision I ever made, even though there were doubters that told me not to do it, because at that time, back in 1990, uh, you know, you work for GM you you know if you love you were you're crazy. That's what kind uh, of Uh-huh. So and thankfully you know, we're uh uh many years into the business.
0: So Yes. Very very good. And my last speaker
6: Well I I would like to start off really quickly by saying um this entire set of speakers conversations is a divinely ordered conversation
7: all right Because
6: i very much like every other uh speaker that has spoken have the exact same uh testimony or history mm-hmm. um but i didn't get a chance to mention that my favorite speaker is the speaker number two who is my wife uh, who <laughs> is in a different we, although we were in different rooms in preparation for this she said exactly what I had written down, and we never discussed it. Oh, My nut. profession chose me. I, I really believe that it did. Um, uh-huh. I was my career path. Initially, my desire was to become an attorney in growing up. Wow! Um, as, as, but my calling was to ministry, and not that they would conflict. But God knew my heart, so He blessed <laughs> me to marry an attorney. <laughs> um, right. I, I I went into uh, uh, the field of banking as a a mortgage banker, similar to uh, what it sounded like what Terry was saying as far as GMAC Financial in that particular career field. And for me, I was drawn actually back to my initial career path, uh, even through the process of it, which I'm actually the owner of a professional uh, gardening service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like the first speaker, and I think the up and the the others that have spoken, I was 12 years old when I had my first garden, and that has been my passion from from that wow. to this today. So, for me, very similar to what was said, I I thought I had a I had a handle on what I wanted to do, but I I felt like God had a plan for me, mm-hmm. and so I was able to use my other career paths, my other career choices actually to to uh utilize those in the area that i'm working because they all play part in what i'm doing now and so i just appreciate being on this conversation and hearing the 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 stories of those that have spoken because we we found like we have so much in common so thank you
0: very nice okay um and just so you guys know if you get a chance if you're doing something in the background you might want to mute if you're not speaking so then that way we don't pick up all of the extra um, sound, sound effects in the background. Thank you so much. Um, the next question for you all is where did you get your training or where did you go to college, undergrad, graduate, um, you know, whatever? What was your journey from the educational perspective? Mm-hmm.
1: So this is Will, um, Will McNeil. Mm -hmm. I started off, obviously, like most uh, uh, technicians, we had vocational training and high school training, um, Mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. You must go through
0: through that.
1: In that training, uh, I know it sounds um, crazy, but believe it or not, a lot of English, a lot of math, a lot of science, um, electrical classes, all those basic things, you need it all. But then I went to that next step, because you don't need all those things to be a technician, but I ended up going to Northwestern question and getting a degree in automotive. Okay. After that, um, I got a job at the dealership, and um, the dealership does um, daily, weekly, monthly training. Uh, eventually, I left the shop to work for General Motors, and I ended up being a technical consultant and we definitely learn how to fix cars over the phone
7: so oh, wow. being the trouble,
1: yeah, troubleshooter out i i fix cars so if you took your car to the dealership and the dealer could not figure it out they called gm hotline i was the gentleman on the other end so they were always constantly training us you got to keep in mind that cars change every 3 to 6 months so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's it's a revolving door
7: okay
0: um,
1: it, so once I got into the entrepreneur side of it, um, I end up uh, getting my training through ATI, which is an automotive training uh, institute in Baltimore. And mm-hmm. just some others, uh, AC Delco training, auto value training, TechNet training. As a technician, you're always constantly training. That's a revolving door that will never close. It's right. like not a one in. So, yeah, that that's pretty much the training and education background that I have.
0: I like it. Very nice. And our next speaker.
3: Yes, this is uh, Mrs. Steele. Um, I guess I'll start off by answering the question with my educational background. Um, with the exception of some, you know, very early preschool years, I attended Pontiac Public Schools mm-hmm. for elementary, middle, and high school. Um, okay. And so that's one thing I do like to uh, you know, uh, emphasize when I have an opportunity to share my experiences because sometimes there is a perception that uh, if you attend public schools or you mm-hmm. grew up and attended schools in a certain district that somehow that uh, limits your opportunities for success. Yeah, uh, I love So it. I, I like to make a point of that. Um, mm-hmm. After I graduated from high school, I attended the University of Detroit Mercy um, okay. for undergraduate and um, English uh, was my major. I also uh, graduated with a a certificate in business administration, and then I attended the University of Detroit Mercy uh, School of Law. And um, so that's that's sort of the first part, I guess, for education. For training, Mm -hmm. which I consider that to be separate, uh, I I feel that with the legal profession, uh, a lot of your training comes in by doing. Mm -hmm. And so my first exposure to the law actually came during my undergraduate years when I was given the opportunity and I clerked for the late honorable uh, Judge William Waterman, and he was the chief judge oh. of the 50th District Court. Okay. And it was there that, yeah, that I began what I call training on the basics, you know, some of the things that lawyers don't know how to do graduating out of law school, like knowing how to go to the clerk's office and file a complaint. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's very important for him that his clerks knew how the law works, not only inside the courtroom, but literally just the the basics and the mechanics of what to do when you walk into a courthouse, where you go, what happens Mm -hmm. if if the the defendant is placed on probation, you know, what happens during an arraignment, all of those Mm -hmm. types of things, what happens during prisoner transport. So I really, really, uh, I, I owe so much, so many thanks to Judge Waterman for giving me that opportunity as a young woman and that only furthered my drive and my desire to pursue, you know, law as a career.
0: Okay. I like that. And thank you for mentioning it. Yeah, it is um good that you mentioned your um elementary and middle and high school years because you're right, some people do um look at the district and say, yeah, you know, um you know, that's, and, and, plus, that's very inspiring for the youth to hear that, you know, to know, hey, I'm from that same area. I can do this, too. Thank you for that. And the next um, speaker, please.
4: Uh, yes, again, this is Robert Price, and I uh, like the speaker before. Um, I grew up in Pontiac, and so... I also uh, attended Pine Lake schools, which I, I'm, I'm proud of <laughs> as well. And um, after uh, high school, I did go to a college in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Morehouse College. Uh, but, you know, really, where I really got my educa- education and tra- training from is, is the various seminars and uh Additional classes that are taught through manufacturer reps. I mean manufacturers and um, wholesalers and suppliers that um, you know give you a lot of lot of information in terms of you know you know type of materials to use and that type of thing, as well as on the job. I mean obviously you know roofing is a is a hands-on profession, and so a lot of that uh, was learned on the job, uh, as well as uh, the experience I gained from from working uh, through the family business.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Next, please.
2: Uh, This is Dr. Smith again. Um, I was raised and born in the west side of Detroit. Uh, My parents did not finish high school. Well, my mother finished high school. My father had a seventh grade education. I went to uh, Durfee. Uh, I went to Cass Tech. I was a C-State at Cass Tech. I went to Wayne County Community College. And I worked during the day and went to college at night, kept, caught the bus to uh, Wayne County up there on, uh, near uh, old Olympia Stadium at night. Then I got accepted into Wayne State, majoring in biology. I was a C student again because I didn't know how to study. And mm. so then once I graduated from college, I was a C student, I was not able to gain entry into medical school. So I continued to take uh, – Courses and I touched base with counselors and I learned how to study. I gained entry into medical school. Um, I went to medical school at Wayne State. I got my master's from Wayne State, my MD from Wayne State. And then after I graduated, I did an internship at Oakwood Hospital in Dearborn. Then I did an occupational residency in Wayne, Wayne State again. And then I've been with General Motors for, I, I I worked at uh, Ford Chrysler, American axle, and then I finally landed at general motors for the past 20 years.
0: Wow. I really like that. Um, that, that is an awesome background story. Yes, yes. Oh, next speaker, please.
5: Uh, Todd here again. Um, I uh, I got my training up uh, in, uh, central high. And, uh, at the time, you know, uh, the Pontiac schools were considered some of the best schools in the area, and uh, I know we had a great education. Uh, from there, uh, uh, I went on to Western Michigan University and uh, graduated with a degree in uh, public relations and business and uh, worked at several places, uh, like I mentioned, GMAC for five years, and on to uh, Allstate as a. eight a- the owner uh, with Allstate, um, you know, the first six to eight months was constant training, you know, and and it was on ongoing training uh, from that point on because every year, you know, you, you have continuing education training, uh, sales seminar training, uh, and uh, basically on the job training because uh, I'm in the service industry, and. Being in the service industry, you have to learn about people, how to deal with people, how to talk with people, phone oh, etiquette. Yeah. goes yeah. on not to mention being a business owner, which is uh, requires. Have, so, mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, that that is
0: uh, training in and of itself. Dealing with people, you know, the yeah. different personalities and things. So, yeah.
6: All right, and our last speaker. Uh, this is Kevin Steele uh, again. I was, um, I was, I, I just have to say, I, I'm amazed again at this second question because the divine order, the thread, is there. Um, for me, I grew up in in uh, Sumter Township, which is outside of Romulus, uh, outside of uh, the uh, Belleville area, which is which is country, quite honestly. So I went to a Class B farming school, uh, farming community school. Uh, my brother and I were two of five uh, African American graduates in our high school graduating class. Wow. I that because it was a farm community, and for me, uh, my my calling actually was to, to to this area that I'm I find myself working in now, which I'm really enjoying as, as a gardener, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, The reason why I also share that is because my initial training as such was through uh, the farms that I worked on in my community, which one of the owners would become my pastor. Uh, He actually was a master master gardener in his own right. And for for many years that's what he did in, in addition to being an overseer and pastor and so forth. Uh, when okay. I graduated from high school, I, like the gentleman uh, had spoken before, uh, who's a Morehouse graduate, my father wanted me to go to Morehouse College.
7: Oh. So I went. Okay. Four weeks. And came back.
6: <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, All right. But my, par- my parents were disappointed, but I was not because God had his own plan for me. I wound up okay. going to University of Detroit Mercy College. Okay. of a law degree. Where at, mm-hmm. at U of B, I met my wife in the first year of our college uh, oh, experience. Oh, cute! Uh, um. I, I left uh, schools to go into the mortgage business uh, because an opportunity opened itself up to me before graduation from college, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where I received my actual training in sales and understanding mm-hmm. of business and working with people and so forth. Um mm-hmm. After a stint of about 10 years in the mortgage banking industry, so and, and that it, it really dawned on me that I wanted to go back outside because I'd always been outside. Mm-hmm. So I, I took a step uh, in the direction of opening up a business for myself, mm-hmm. um, which I found all the fulfillment in the world, so to speak, in, in, in the career path that I currently have. Um, I did understand that pursuit of training was important, so I was able to... Uh, take classes uh, with regard to landscape design and so forth. I I took uh, one or two at uh, Oakland Community College. Uh, Mm -hmm. Later I found that there was a a, uh, Master Gardener program through Michigan State University that certified for such. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I was able to participate in that. But the thing for me, and I think it was similar to one of the gentlemen that spoke before, was really using all of the skill sets that I had accumulated over the years. To, to put them in the direction of being a business owner, which I mm-hmm. find would be very important, meeting with mm-hmm. people, sharing with them sales and such. So for, for me, um, my journey, it, it seemed that it was a winding road, but I, I really do feel the guy had a plan for me. And right. as I'm following the script that he set, the door is open. And so that's where I find myself. Today. very nice
0: very nice awesome. well I'm gonna put two um, questions together here if you have a mentor um, now or mentor from you know getting you going in your you know in this journey mentor and then what are the strengths um, that you feel that were necessary um, to you know make you this great uh, professional that you are today
1: okay but- Will McNeil here. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest strength is probably problem solving.
7: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: to, be an entrep- to be an entrepreneur, to be a technician, um, throughout the day we're continuously figuring out problems.
7: Right.
1: Um, I think that next strength would be customer service. You've got to be a people person. You've got to be able mm-hmm. to communicate. And
7: mm-hmm.
1: in order to communicate, generally you're a great leader. Uh Um, Generally, I'm just saying generally. um, Uh Some some things in automotive that's crucial, and I'm telling this to young kids today. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a little bit of everything, and what I mean by that, that car is, uh, we got a lot of chemistry. We got a lot of computers, Mm -hmm. a lot of electrical. Believe it or not, plumbing. Yeah, plumbing. Oh, okay. Okay. the heater duct and how how things flow, air conditioning, HVAC, oh, you know, the,
0: okay. basic,
1: the basic educational things that you need. Uh, you got to be pretty fluent in all that. It's not just, oh, you know, technology today, computers are very, very complex. I mean, cars are complex, I should say. Mm-hmm,
7: mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a mentor, as my first mentor was my father. He was a school teacher uh-huh. here in Pontiac, and I- um, um, he was my biggest mentor. Um, he was my coach. Um, a lot of his students to this day come up to my job and say, "Hey, I know your dad."
5: So he really
1: played a big factor. Yeah, he played a big factor in my life. Um, a few others. Um, uh, I hired a company. Uh, it's called ATI. They're out of Baltimore, and a lot of folks didn't know. But in my business, I came to a wall where. It's, I went as far as my knowledge can go on the business side. So I hired a particular company that actually took uh, B and C uh, repair shops and turned them into A shops. So okay. every week I had to check in with my coach every Thursday at 9 a.m., and my coach mentor gave me the skills and tools to to become a B shop to an A shop.
0: I love it. So uh,
1: it did cost me a lot, I'm not going to lie but mm-hmm. I, would have, I, would have paid, I would have paid double for the information that they, they, they taught me.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I didn't know some of the things on the financial side, so g and Investments was a good coach to me and a good mentor. And as much as we don't open up and share our information, but your friends and your family should also play a big factor as your coach um, sometimes you just may need to vent and they'll come up with the brightest idea just to say, hey, this is how you handle it. But okay. for me, the answer, answering both those questions, that's generally what I did, my tools that I used to, you know, um, to move forward.
0: Okay. Thank you. I like that. All right. My next speaker, please.
3: Okay. This is Mrs. Steele. Um, the first part of your question was about mentors. Um, yeah. Do I have them or have I had them? Absolutely.
7: Um, I
3: have had and do have mentors. I I do believe, you know, mentors are needed for uh, professional growth. And, you know, because we can't assume that you know it it all, Um, you know, when you enter a profession or even if you've been in for a number of years, I've just found that uh, the mentors I've had have been very good sounding boards. Oftentimes, you know, you will encounter problems that, at the moment seem completely unsolvable. You Mm -hmm. pick up the phone, you call your mentor, and by the time you get off the phone oftentimes they have a solution or at least some ideas to put you on the right path. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece about the the mentors I think is important is networking. Um, I find that in the legal profession, networking is very key. That's actually one thing I wish I had done more of when I was in law school. I really started networking more after I graduated from law school, but having relationships is often very key to opening doors and you know, otherwise could be closed, like whether it's, you know, a judicial clerkship or a job. Uh, so right. that's important. Um, in terms of strength for this particular field, um, I would say that you have to have a core belief in the idea that there are certain causes that you that you have to stand up for or you have to fight against, there's Mm -hmm. something in you that's that's got to be there, that that core idea and desire. Um, I think that you obviously could a lot, some people may equate that to a feeling of of wanting things to be just or wanting things to be right. I think that there is also pretty much um, you have to have a desire to help. Yes. And uh, sometimes people don't think about lawyers as being helpful, Mm -hmm. but, you know, lawyers are not – there when you're in trouble. Lawyers are often there to help prevent things from going wrong. So, for example, just a example might be, you know, drafting a contract for you that protects your interests. Nothing's wrong at the moment, but you have somebody there that's trying to look out for you for something that could go wrong down the road. Absolutely. I think you have to have um, excellent reading, writing, and speaking skills, you know, attention to details. Ability to manage time and money because, you know, if you're, depending on what type of practice you're in, you would be managing funds, you know, client funds. Um, Mm -hmm. Really one thing really important because I know that potentially uh, you may have some youth that might um, listen to this podcast. One thing I will say that is also very, very important is character and fitness to practice law. And just to tell you just a real quick story, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have often heard that lawyers have to take a test that's called a bar exam in order to be able to practice. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-day test, eight hours for those two days, uh, and it is a rigorous test, no doubt about it. What people don't often know is that in addition to taking, taking the test, you also have to pass what's called character and fitness. And there's Mm -hmm. a board of law examiners that is going to scrub your background, look Mm -hmm. under every stone to determine if you have the character to practice law. And so Mm -hmm. I really like to encourage, especially young people, be very, very careful about what you put online,
7: Mm -hmm. things that you
3: post, comments that you say, pictures. Um, You know, social media, even in the employment um, field, you know, if you go to apply for a job, they're often asking you now to share information on any social media profile you have, because they're going to go look online, look at your Mm -hmm. profile, either before they call you for an interview or just, you know, completing the hiring process. And
2: Mm -hmm. when I was
3: in law school, um, I went to law school with a young man whose father was uh, an attorney. Um, okay. He did very well at law school. Law school was a breeze for him. He passed mm-hmm. the fire exam. To this day, he still is not a lawyer because he could not pass character and fitness.
0: Wow. That is something. Hmm. I like that. You know, because that's something that's not, you know, always talked about. So that's excellent Correct. information. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Uh, next speaker, please. Well,
4: uh, yes, again, this is Robert Price. And um, as far as mentors goes, it was definitely uh, my father and my uncle. Uh, they were actually partners in business and in the business that we're in. And um, and I would say, obviously, you know, a lot of people say their fathers, and, you know, because, again, I said he, how he got me out of bed, and I watched him and, you know, watch him grow as a businessman and, and as, obviously as a father. Um, but my uncle was the one who really – kind of pulled me to the side and Mm -hmm. said, you know, you don't just need to be on this roof learning how to do roofing. You -hmm. need to learn the business aspect of it. And I'm going to show you some of the things that you need to know to be able to not just, you know, do roofing, obviously, but be a businessman. Mm -hmm. And so he was really the one, probably even more so than my father, that kind of gave me the clarity and the direction I needed to have to be um, a business person and that that was really uh, impactful for for me um and as far as strengths go I'm, I'm definitely a people person and 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 being in business you you have to be a, oh, you yeah. a certain business obviously yeah. you okay. definitely have to be a people person to be able to deal with customers because everyone has different personalities and different That's things right. that you're dealing with, and yeah. so um you know be being, being able to deal with people and and um you know mm-hmm. network and work with people and that type of thing is is i consider a strength as well as um being able to kind of manage finances and and, and more so manage finances i mean trying to find the best deals for things and find the, trying to find the best prices for things and mm-hmm. and i've really kind of got a knack of <clears throat> kind of negotiating and 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 working my way through um negotiations in terms of cost of our items and what it cost and saving the business money, if more so than anything else, I guess I'm trying to say. And so those are kind of my my strengths more so than anything else.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yes, next person.
2: Uh, This is Dr. Smith again. My mentor was my big sister and my baby sister because we were first-generation college graduates. My father knew that as uh, he had five girls that it was very important for my oldest sister to get through college because that would be – that would pave the role for the remaining uh, girls yeah. to go to college, as an example. Okay. And so, my also my baby sister, she got into medical school, and before I did. And so then she was also uh, a type of mentor. I should have gotten had more mentors, more mentors in college and medical school. My journey wouldn't have been that difficult, but you know that's something that you learn in life. Mm-hmm. Um, for a doctor, the strengths are. Pretty long. You have to be, in order to be successful, in order to get through medical school, you have to be selfish. And I don't mean that in I'm not going to give you a cookie if I have two cookies. It means you have to be selfish with your time. You have to be uh, single mindedness. It's like going to war in order to complete your goal. It's a temporary war, it's like a four year war that you have to do. Mm-hmm, uh, one of the things that I see that I didn't have, that I have now, that I try to give to people who are moving up in their life is self-esteem. If you do not have self-esteem, you cannot accomplish anything worthy in life. You have to be able to not compare yourself to others. You can't look at some, somebody else. You can't look at another white person or another Asian person and think that they are smarter than you. They are absolutely not any smarter or have any more skills than you do.
7: Very good. Um, Very good.
2: You have to be methodical. You have to be, um, you have to manage your time. You can't go and pick up groceries for your mother if you have a big test coming up. I've seen, I saw most of the people that didn't get through medical school are people that didn't, weren't selfish with their time. They didn't prioritize, they didn't prioritize their outside activities. You have to be able to uh, not let personal relationships interfere with what you need to do. Uh, getting married, having babies, uh, going to Las Vegas when your friends are going to Las Vegas, going to Mm -hmm. birthday parties. Mm -hmm. I miss funerals. I miss parties. I miss so much. I miss Christmases. But it was only a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. It was four years where you miss these things. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have a curiosity. You have to have a chronic curiosity. Mm -hmm. You have to to self-educate yourself. Medical school and becoming a doctor is not about a teacher telling you to study this and study that. Mm-hmm. They give you the material, and they say, here, have at it. The test is in a week. And yeah. you have to be able to digest that information.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: you have to be willing to be criticized. You can't have, a, you can't have a, a, a weak disposition because you're going to be criticized because you're dealing with people's lives. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Um, And most of all, and I think this is one of my passions, you have to be physically fit. You have to be, I'm not saying you have to look like Blake Griffin or anything like that, but you Mm -hmm. have to be physically fit to endure medical school, residency, and as a demonstration of health to your patients.
0: Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Very informative. Very nice. All right. Next speaker, please.
5: Todd Terry again. for me, uh, my mentors, you know, and I'll just start with my personal mentors, and, but that would be my, my father uh, who taught me this discipline, uh, respect for people, uh, respect for yourself. Uh, my brothers, my sisters, my family uh, were the first mentors in my life, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then through the years, um, you know, we had mentors obviously in high school and college, and um, and I remember uh, Earl Graves, Black Enterprise magazine. Oh yeah, I used to read that magazine, and I used to look at the top 100 black businesses, you know, and and you know, and and I just was drawn to that, you know, uh, and then as time went on, um, uh, a couple of my frat brothers, Bill uh, Carr, Dennis Archer. Uh, and then one person who's a frat brother also, who's a chemist, but he owned a printing shop. Uh, his name is Frank Baker. Oh, wow. Frank, Frank kind of inspired me because, you know, uh, he was a chemist, but yet he was he was he owned a printing shop, uh, and uh, and he just kind of talked to me about what it was like to own a business. And so, uh, those are some of the individuals that that kind of mentioned me along the way uh as far as uh strengths that are required uh for what i do and and what everybody does i think you you have to have high moral character mm-hmm. uh, in my business you have to be a people person because i deal with people day in and day out right uh, uh i think that uh you know, there's a saying about talent versus hard work uh, mm-hmm. uh and Hard work beats talent because talent don't want to work as hard.
7: No, uh, okay. I think
5: uh, so. Hard work is important. So if you work hard and 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 you stay committed, you're going to succeed. You got to have determination. You got to persevere, mm-hmm. and and you got to have that stick to itness. Um, mm-hmm. when, when I first started in the insurance, because I was uh, what we, we call an individual agent, and so. Um, and then later progress to uh, agency owner where you have employees. So you gotta learn all the ins and outs of being an employer, whether it be the taxes, retirement, sales, marketing, um, you name it. Mm-hmm. I learned and mm-hmm. then on the training. Okay. So a bunch of strengths that are required and I think in you know, everybody that's on this talk has all those qualities, so
0: very nice, very nice thank you and my next speaker mr still
6: um i I would start off by saying that my very first mentors uh as as was said by i i believe by almost everyone else uh, were my parents uh, mm-hmm. my my dad taught me work ethic, and my mother taught me how to dream. And and I'm so thankful because those two aspects have guided my, well, beside the fact ultimately that my dad is a minister and and has been since before I was born, those were foundational uh, uh, pillars in my life. And really those were guiding points for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Later on, as I I mentioned um, a short while ago, I went to work for a farmer down the road from my house who was my pastor. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Who uh, who groomed me in the area of the gardening aspect, obviously, but also uh, he he groomed me in the area of ministry because I I uh, later I was called into ministry as such, just following the script that was written for me, as I believe. But okay. um, he taught he taught me work ethic um, that was an accentuation of what my parents had already uh, deposited within me.
7: Mm-hmm. Um,
6: Later, uh, after uh, having uh, decided to go into into the uh, um, mortgage and sales uh, industry, um, I was able to be very, very blessed by by um, being mentored by people who were very successful in the in the banking and real estate areas who were willing to share with me mm-hmm. from their experiences and teach me things that, that I wouldn't have learned um, as as easily, I would say. Uh, had I not been uh, blessed to be in their presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, some of the strengths that I have developed over the years are very similar to what was said. Um, I, I adopted my parents' work ethic, so I, I had to, as a, as a small business owner, one who's wanting to develop something that would outlast myself in my own life,
7: mm-hmm. um,
6: I realized that it would take a lot of work. Uh, because in essence, like so many of so many of you, we're trying to create something that doesn't necessarily exist, mm-hmm. and and the thing that we're trying to create has our name on it. In my in my own experience, and so for me that took a lot of that took a lot of, and it takes a lot of work. Um, to I think the other thing that's important as well, and I think the doctor mentioned this uh, in her talk. Uh, what what translates to me is transferable skills. Um, Although I had various areas that I was able to benefit from by way of working and earning a living, but I was also able to learn in those other areas. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, my understanding as I approached developing a a business and and an entity beyond myself is the fact that I I have had to be willing to throw everything that I had into it, which meant experiences that I developed from this area, from that area, and the other, and being able to take a step back to look at the business and look at my life and the direction in order to determine, is there a skill set that I have from this area that I can utilize here in order to make the thing move forward? And so, for me, that has been um, a, a, a tremendous asset that I was, I've was i been blessed to utilize. Uh, and the last thing, is, as was said, uh, with regard to mentors, uh, read mm-hmm. books and seminars and, and, and just listening to the experiences of other people. Yes. It's such a, such a help to me uh, mm-hmm. because they've helped me overcome fear, overcome the fear of doing many things that I never would have seen myself doing. But because there's a dream that is inside of me and a vision that propels me forward, and I had to be willing to move forward in areas that I was afraid of, uh, to move forward in, I think for me a strength was to be able to look at somebody else that did something similar to that in their life mm-hmm. and see that if they could do it, so can I, and that's something that I want to pass on to another generation, which hopefully I'll be able to talk about it some other time. But that is those are the areas that I've, I've been able to utilize and prosper from.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to um I have some another question before but I want to get to this one. Um the challenges. What challenges um were you know on this journey? What challenges did you have before or maybe after you reached this career, uh this point of your um professional life?
1: This is Will. Um uh, my biggest challenge for me. And for a lot of you guys, and I listened to the young lady um, about time. Mm-hmm. Raising a family and starting a business as an entrepreneur was the hardest thing for
7: me. Mm-hmm.
5: Um,
1: time management was crucial because it's tough to, to go to three children and say, hey, I, uh, I can't spend any time with you because I, I have to stay late at work because of whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much my hardest. Um, the pros and the cons with that, you know, the reward was uh, financial freedom. Um, Excellent. Um, that's phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but like anything, you look back and you only get a couple of pictures of you and your children growing up. I mean, which one do you want more? So, yeah. you know, the pros and cons, um, I've learned that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you must learn from them. Um, mm-hmm. And and for, for, for the other entrepreneurs, I believe in this 85-15 split. You're naturally going to do 85% good, and you're going to do naturally 85% correctly. It's how you handle that other 15% is what makes us good businessmen and women.
7: Awesome. So,
1: So that's my belief on that. uh, Pretty much the pros and cons, um, which for me.
0: Yes, and before the next speaker, um, thank you, Will McNeil, for um, putting those two together for me, the challenges and the pros and cons. Excellent, thank you for, that's a great segue into that. And the next speaker, thank you.
3: Hi, this is uh, Mrs. Steele, for me, uh, the challenge was actually the journey in becoming uh, a lawyer, and that was really um, law school. Uh, law Up until law school, I was primarily an A student, mm-hmm. and I remember in my very first year, first semester of law school, I was a C average student.
7: Mm-hmm. And I can
3: remember after you know, the, the first semester finals, getting the, the grades were posted. I just remember bawling, crying, because... All I knew was that all I ever wanted to do was be a lawyer, and it was very, very difficult because that first year of law school is designed to what I call weed out—you know, weed out mm. students who you know, either don't make the cut or aren't serious enough. And it—I certainly was studying and applying myself, but um, you know, though the, I, you know, being an English major, I was used to writing a certain way for papers, and, and the way you sort of train and you think about things as a lawyer. Um, is is different, and yeah. and it was definitely a transition period. But you know, thankfully by the grace of God, I survived. I made it,
2: mm-hmm. and I
3: would say after, um, you know, as an attorney, the the challenge really is uh, diversity in our profession. Mm. Um, being African American female in the legal field. Uh, in a field that is predominantly comprised of white males, it can be a challenge
7: mm-hmm. because
3: oftentimes, with the question you asked before about mentors, you know, it's it's sometimes it's much easier for you to connect to, or 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 you know, oftentimes be sort of um, uh, brought up in in positions with someone who looks like you, someone who mm-hmm. may have more feel, familiarity with your experiences or what you know. You may have encountered along your journey. Now, I have certainly been helped and mentored by, you know, a a number of of white, even male attorneys. So I'm not Mm -hmm. knocking white male attorneys. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that the the legal profession recognizes that that's a problem. So, you know, as an example, our State Bar of Michigan, the American Bar Association, you know, they are routinely conducting surveys and analysis on race in the profession. So, just Mm -hmm. to give you an example. When the American Bar Association, you know, some last, like maybe say data from a couple years ago, men still outnumber women lawyers two to one. And nationwide, African Americans only make up about 5% of all lawyers. So the reason why that's important to me is that even as we're having a national conversation about, you know, criminal justice, righting wrongs in the legal system, it's very important that at every step of the way in that process, whether it's, you know, when somebody is first encountering a law enforcement officer until the time that they're standing in front of a judge who has the authority to, you know, meet out a sentence, it makes a difference when there are people along the way in that process who look like you, Mm -hmm. who may have some understanding of certain experiences and can help to change some of those dynamics, you know, whether a prosecutor, whomever it is. So it's really important that, you know, even as people are considering career paths, to consider a career in the law because there is still a lot of work to do to really sort of um, increase that diversity in the profession.
0: Very nice. Thank you. And my next speaker.
4: Uh, This is Robert Price again. And um, I guess the biggest challenge for me in my business has been uh, growing the business um, because when you're in business, you obviously you know you learn a certain craft and you learn a certain skill set and you take on jobs that you know you you know you can do you know you can can get done. But to really grow and you know economically as well as in, in business, you really need to take on different types of jobs, bigger jobs, challenging jobs, and and that's that's the biggest thing is because I, I've had to learn over the years that sometimes you just got to hire people that's smarter than you <laughs> and uh-huh. smarter than you and live, have more skill sets than you. Mm-hmm. And so it's took, it's taken me a while, it took me a little while to learn that. And once I was able to do that, I was able to, you know, take on some different type of jobs and bigger jobs and things that are, are a little bit more challenging um, because you just can't do it all yourself. And, and that's one of the things that you, when you start hiring other people and that type of thing and dealing with different personalities and that that. You know, it it, it always becomes a challenge. Mm -hmm. So that's been a a, a challenge for me is to let parts of my business go or let certain things that I do go so that other people can do them and I can trust them to do them. They may not do them exactly like I do them, but at the end of the day, if they get them done and they're done done correctly and they're done what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. then then that's all all I can ask for. And Mm so um, over the years I've learned sometimes I, I pull myself back try to pull myself back from, from um, looking over someone's shoulder and that type of thing. And um, that, that's, that's probably been my biggest challenge uh, more than anything else. And okay. as far as the pros and cons go, um, you know, one of the biggest pros of being in business is just a just freedom. It's just a freedom mm-hmm. to – and one, one time I heard my wife say something about she had – we were going out of town somewhere, and she said she had to make sure she had some days in. And so, you know, they, you know time to take time off. And mm-hmm. I found it very interesting that that I didn't have to ask anybody, to take time off. Are you just you know, you just plan for it and you make sure you got everything in place and you take that time off. So it's a certain amount of freedom that you have being in business. Now obviously you work long hours and you know, long days and that type of thing, but being able to take that time off and and have that freedom to do and go as you please is really a, a big um is it's a big pro for me. Um and as far as the cons go um, you know, probably more so than anything else is just you know finding new people and good people to to work and do things the way you want them to be done um It, it is still a challenge I mean because the profession I work in uh a lot of the the folks that work or do their actual work are guys that maybe. <clears throat> didn't go to school or didn't get an education. And I try to explain to them that, you know, just may not be you may not be have an education, but this is a, is a skill set and it's, a, it's something for you to learn. And once you have it, you always have it with you. Whether you work for me or someone else, you always have it with me. So, um, it's, and it's kind of challenging, especially for the younger generation, because sometimes they just don't get it. They just don't see. And as I said from the beginning when I had to pick up nails and, and clean the ground and, and, you know, just do the, the grunt work. That was, that was my training, and that's what I really, really learned. Uh, and a lot of these young guys, they just don't want to do that. They don't, and so that's been a bit of a challenge, a bit of a, um, a con, if you will, in our business. But um, over time, it's, it's, it's come together pretty good. Very
0: nice. Very nice. All right. Next um, presenter, please.
2: Um, yeah, this is Dr. Smith again. the challenge during medical school and uh, – and uh, college as well as high school. If you, if you want to, if I'm to go back there, is um, self-esteem because without without self-esteem, you can't. Uh, I, I didn't have self-esteem growing up. It wasn't instilled in me, so I had to develop that, and I and I transfer that to my. To my children and anyone else who wants to hear, because without that you don't you have you will be able to go forward without fear, uh, thinking that you have knowing that you have the capability to do to do what you need to do. Um, I had I had young sons and there was a great deal of guilt during medical school about the time I spent with them because I had a newborn in my last year of medical school and uh, one day I went home um, from work and. Uh, he didn't want to come to me. He didn't want to come to me because he didn't even know me. So that wow. was, that was, really, that was very, very sad for me. But I knew that in the end that he would be coming to me and he, and we're, we're very, very close now. So um, there was a lot of financial insecurity uh, and there will, be, and there should be, because I think you appreciate what you have when you, when you become, once you become financially secure, that, 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 that you know that this is not something that, this is something that you earn and that you cherish. Um, there's a isolation. There's isolation in med school. There's isolation in residency. There's isolation in the business. And I totally agree with, with our attorney on the phone. Whenever you go to meetings, you're isolated. You're the only, uh, if you're black, you're the only black person there. You're the only woman in these meetings. Wow. And you have to a substantial self-esteem in order to get through that, and and believe and believe that you are just as qualified as anyone else in that room. Um, there in, like I said, with the delayed financial gain, you get that back. You get that back, and and that's what that's what's uh, an issue with a lot of young people is that they don't see they don't want to look at the big picture. They want to look at now, in med school. To be a physician, it takes at least, at least a minimum of 11 years. But your work, your work career, whether it be at McDonald's, whether it be driving buses, whether it be an attorney, whether it be a roofer, is 30 to 50 years. So mm-hmm. if you just take those 11 years and hunker down, your next 50 will be good.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. And my next um,
5: speaker. Uh, Terry again. Uh, challenges. Wow, man. You know, when I started in the insurance business, I was a, what we call a scratch agency. So I had no no customers, no clients. So so we started from from zero, and,
7: mm-hmm.
5: and, and we built, and, and and we built. So you know, the first five years, you know, uh, it was at that. It was after five years I knew that yeah, I I can make it in this business, and then. But I, I worked my butt off, you know, at least the first ten years of being in the insurance business. And when I say work my butt off, meaning Saturdays, Sundays, you know, whatever it took to get the job done, to provide for my family. And um, you know, uh, as time went along, you know, you, you you learn how to become a better manager of your time, uh, your resources, the people that work for you. I made a bunch of mistakes in hiring people. Mm-hmm. And uh, through through that experience, you know, I, I've learned how to, to 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 manage people much much better. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I even hired. I had a person that I hired even stole from me Oh wow. for a long time. So so you learn as you go, and um, and, and and being self-employed, you know, I, I I didn't know all the many hats that you have to wear because early on, you know, not only did I have to sell insurance and service insurance, but, you know, we had to pay the bills. You, you had to, you had, you, I was the janitor. Uh, problem, I had to take care of that. Meanwhile, I was family. So um, the first 10 years was probably the, the toughest 10 years for me because um, I, 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 there were some struggles, and there were some times when I, I, I was trying to grow, and I hired uh, a a bunch of people, and it was probably the worst time when I had the most people because I didn't know how to manage all of them at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, I I learned a lot along the way. I've been in the business over uh, 30 years now, and uh, it's been fantastic. I I can say I'm a much better manager, uh, much better employer. Um, It's been great for me and my family. Uh, I'll – kind of uh, jump along on uh, on Robert's point, um, you know, uh, my family, we, we vacation. Uh, it's not always, you know, uh, planned always, but, you know, we do a lot of vacation. I, I spend a lot of time with my family. Uh, early on, I did not. But but the last 20 years, you know, it's been fantastic, and the financial freedom is, is, is unbelievable. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, if you stick to it and you work hard, Uh, um, you can be successful.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Next speaker.
6: Uh, This is Kevin. Um, I I think the biggest challenge for me, very similar to what has been said before, uh, was actually overcoming the the fear or the uh, lack of belief in myself initially. Mm. Mm. Wondering and constantly asking myself the question, can I do this? When in fact the answer had always been yes. Mm -hmm. Overcoming the voices that said you cannot by looking at the truth that said you could. And what I mean by that is I had to take a step back and really look at the things that I had experienced in my life and understand the fact that because I had gone through those things, lack of whatever or mm-hmm. working in an industry where like the gentleman said before uh, I I went into the mortgage business um uh, in a in a little bit of a different fashion I started off at roughly 19 years of age I didn't have a mustache so my perception of myself when I was presenting to potential clients which I was a scratch loan officer in the sense not having a client base myself but mm-hmm. I was I looked so young that, that people would almost say, well, he, you could be young enough to be my child. Why should I listen to you? So I, I learned that if I look like your child, then mom or dad, I wouldn't steer you wrong. And mm-hmm. so I learned to develop the trust of my client, but I also learned how to do what I was doing, do doing. which which that knowledge base is very, very important um, for any area. And, and it's been said before, um, so when, when I presented myself to people, I had to remember and realize that I knew what I was talking about because I put the work in prior to. Excellent. And so overcoming that voice that said you cannot do this has been a challenge, but it also has been a victory for me, because even in 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 light of the fact of having to 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 move into different areas and and so forth, that that question for me, has been something that propelled me forward because the the, the pro to you cannot is proving that you can. Nice. And, and no one can take a victory away from you once you've accomplished it. So for me, in this area of my life, of uh, being a an, an entrepreneur, one who desires to, to develop a vision not only for myself but for my family, because I told my wife that I would do it, and so i have to I have to be accountable to myself, but I also am accountable to her and to our children our our child so mm-hmm. for for me, a pro is taking what I said and putting feet to it the The strong desire to keep my word drives me forward so that mm-hmm. it it just it makes me understand that you if you said you could do it then most likely based on just the, the type of person that I am, and it's no boasting me, but I, I said I would do this, mm-hmm. and so I have to com- I have to commit my actions to my words, mm-hmm. so that at least I would have put forth the effort to do what I said I was going to do, whether I get, accomplish it then or not. I hope that makes sense. But yeah. it really for me is important for for a person who is a business owner, a professional, a community leader, who is a leader to keep your word. And so what, what that does is gives us the positioning for the next generation to be able to open channels for them. Because as the other gentleman said, my challenge as an entrepreneur also is finding people. It's not so much finding people as it is finding the right people. Because I have a vision to a point. Mm-hmm. And so connecting with right. the right people has been something that, is, that has not only been a challenge, but it's, now I'm starting to see it as an adventure. Because as, as one who solves problems, I've realized that not necessarily looking for this one, that one, or the other one, I'm in the process of developing an apprenticeship so that I can, in a sense, find the people, create, creating a workforce which gives them an opportunity, but it also gives me an opportunity to preserve the vision that I have by developing the skills and people that will help them and help us at the same time. So, as a as a person who owns a, a, an enterprise, it's a it's a benefit to be challenged. I never thought I would hear myself say that, but the challenges propel us forward because we're answering the question, "Can I do this?" by our actions that say we can. I I really hope that makes sense, but uh, that that's just a heartbeat for me in in the area that I'm in. And
0: yes, that did make sense. <laughs> All right. Um. I'm going to put these questions together. So um, the business, why that business location, or why did you select that company where you're at now? And then what type of, well, for you business owners, what type of employees are you looking for that is a good fit there? And then for the ones that are in the career, I don't know if you, Get you select who you're working with as a team at the company that you're at. Who do you work um, better with? And and you know, just as an example, like with my career, sometimes um, I don't look to work with my friend because I don't want us to be chit chatting about something when I have. Um, you know, a goal that I have to. So, if it's someone I know that works well um, with the computers or works well and whatever is needed to get that um, um, that job accomplished or completed, uh, my mentality is I need to find the best fit people that we can work together to get it done. I don't necessarily have to like you. Um, I can respect your skills. You know what I'm saying. So I need to know what type of people are you looking for um, that you hire or you work with, and why the location? Why did you select that location? Were you for your business or for working at a particular company? And I'll start with the first speaker.
1: So this is Will McNeil again uh, from McNeil Automotive. So mine was really simple. Um, I chose my business name and location is mainly for legacy. Nice. I want to show, I want to show and tell, show and tell the city of Pontiac that uh, anyone can make it. And um, I grew up here, went to school here. And when I did my mobile business, I rode around in a three-mile radius, and pretty much to you guys, a UPS truck, my name on the side of it. Fixing cars, knowing, yeah, knowing that I, I had a six-mile radius. Uh-huh. So as I was working for General Motors during the day, and I'm running around at night fixing cars, um, I ran across this two-bay, abandoned, burnt-down building. Mm. So uh, I made a good deal, good decision at the time to actually physically occupy the building, get it up to city code, and work out of it. So. Everyone thought, just like the last gentleman, I quit General Motors. And they, everyone was like, You give up this to open up your own business? Yeah, I just took that gamble. And sure enough, within a year, I outgrew this two bay shop. And I ended up having to add an addition. Nice. So that location, um, nothing prior to me never made it there for 30 years. It was always come and go places, come and go, come and go. So I've been there 20 years now. Um, I plan on being there for a little while longer. Um, I do want to move into some different quadrants, and everyone knows the entrepreneur side, you know, the employee side, the big business side, the investment side. Mm -hmm. So I am challenging myself to go to a bigger division uh, in the near future. Mm -hmm. But uh, having staff, um, the people that I'm looking for, uh, that's a revolving revolving door. I have eight employees, and one of the biggest things I look for um, is a problem solving individual. Um, they have to be able to look at something, and it's a problem. They need to turn that problem into a challenge, and they're, they can self-challenge themselves to fix that problem.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, self-driven. They have to be self-driven. It's a, it's a very demanding industry. Um, a lot of folks can't uh, look at a car and figure it out it's too complex to some degree.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I look for very uh focused analytical thinking employees okay. uh, they, you have to you have to be able to think things through experience wise um, I like to look for about three to three to four years of experience someone I can bring under my belt um Preferably education in the sense of uh, at least a high school degree uh, uh, or some sort of vocational training. They don't necessarily need to have college uh,
7: mm-hmm.
1: because we're definitely hands-on, just like the roofer. Uh, you get it an experience; it gets very repetitive after a while. But mm-hmm. we we classify our technicians as A, B, C, and D technicians. So you have the gentleman that's a D technician that's qualified to pretty much change oil, and then you got a guy that got Got a little bit of experience, just not there yet, maybe missing a couple of certifications. And then you have the gentleman that has a lot of certification. He's a good guy, but uh, he hasn't made it to the top tier. Top tier, a aid technician to me, is have all those different things, but as well as that, he can actually transfer knowledge where uh-huh. he can actually just walk across the shop and, and give a gentleman a direction, and that's transfer of knowledge. It's used all the time in the automotive field. Mm. But skill set-wise, that's basically it. Of course, they have to have their own tools. They learn on the job. Um, it's a very demanding, physical-type um, job. We're lifting tires. We're pulling engines. It's, it's definitely we're not sitting behind a desk. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, I would say that's pretty much what I'm looking for as an, as an employee. Uh, hiring friends and family, that's tough in our business because, um, you know, we all get relaxed to some degree and feel that, you know, we can, uh, we don't need to do that type of job. And mm. it, it has not worked out for me, friends and family. Um, I just try to look for the best because I demand the best, and I'm trying to continue this legacy of McNeil Automotive.
0: All right. Very nice. Next, next speaker, please.
3: This is uh, Mrs. Steele. I um, uh, to answer the first part of the question about, uh, I guess, why I started working, where I work. I, I work for the County of Wayne, as I mentioned before. Career advancement is why I uh, began working for for Wayne County. And uh, at the time, I entered into the Department of, of Corporation Counsel. Uh, I'm now in the Department of Public Services uh, in an executive position. So. I'm not, uh, you know, in the courtroom and, and writing briefs as I was when I was in corporation counsel, but really, mm-hmm. you know, my my legal background and experience, you know, I feel I use it every day, even in in an executive-level position. Um, why I stay where I am is real simple. It's being a public servant. Um, okay. You know, in, in our department, we're serving, you know, millions of, of residents. Um, you know, the public services department includes actually one of the largest departments in the county. You know, uh, most people think of us as the orange barrels, you know, roads is certainly part of it, engineering, uh, drains and wastewater. So those are things that are all very, very important, things that people don't often think about on a day-to-day basis, but it makes a difference in everyday life. So in terms of what we look for uh, when hiring, Um, it is very important that people meet the minimum qualifications for whatever position. And this is not just in in the Department of Public Service. It can be any county position.
7: Uh, Mm -hmm. You
3: know, sometimes people are applying for for jobs because they need the work. We get that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you don't even meet the minimum qualifications, you're often, um, you know, it's not really an advantage for you to say, oh, I'll just go ahead. I'll just apply for this, even though, you know, I'm way off on, a meeting minimums and sometimes just for entry level entry level could just sometimes be having a valid driver's license and having you know a high school diploma or a ged so it's not always uh, advanced education sometimes it's just getting your foot in the door the other thing very important is to be drug free and i have to say that these days uh because uh you know sometimes people uh, we we deal with a lot of safety sensitive positions so for example if you're you know, operating a a, a snowplow truck, you cannot be high, or, you know, operating a a wastewater pump. So, um, you know, that's important, being reliable, being willing to be trained. A lot of positions in the county, they'll pay for your training, you know, but you have to be willing to do that and be reliable. So um, for anyone who might be interested in employment with Wayne County, they can visit the county's website, which is www.waynecounty.com and right on there on the home page they'll find a link to job postings that will take them directly to current openings that gives them all the information on the qualifications of each job, how to apply, et cetera. Um, for legal positions, I, I know that they currently have at least one that I know of. Um, it's actually for the Wayne County Commission. Uh, one of their assistant uh, commission councils just recently relocated to the west side of the state. And um, you know, so you have you know a position there. You know, starting salary I think is around seventy thousand a year. Um, there are certainly many, many other legal, you know, legal positions, clerical, finance, public health, etc., that mm-hmm. are available through the, in the public services. You know, uh, we have engineering roads positions. So uh, we definitely encourage folks to visit the website to get more information on how to apply.
0: Excellent. Thank you for that. My next speaker.
4: Uh, again, this is Robert Price. Um, as far as location goes, uh, again, because obviously my business is a business that um, is basically a family business and that we've, uh, over the years, basically passed on down to through the, through the gener- next second generation. I am the second generation of uh uh, in the business. The, the location was already existing. So uh, I didn't really have much say in that. However, it is we located in Pontiac and really has been a really good location cause, because it's close to downtown. And uh, But with our business, location isn't that important because most of our business is we go out to the customer. So, you know, having a physical location is good, obviously, for storage and, you know, having an office, that type of thing. And, and it's just so many things now with the Internet and and uh, so forth that you can just do from home, and you can do from wherever, as long as you got a computer and, and internet access, you can do prepare and propose that type of thing. So location isn't 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 terribly important, but it's you know having a location we have has been good for us. Um, as far as uh, the type of employees we look for, I mean, you know, at, at this stage of the game, I I just look for guys that want to learn. I mean, if you're if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to put type the type of effort. Again, to learn the profession and learn the skill set that you need to be uh, successful. Again, if not with me, with anyone. Uh, if you put the, if you're willing to learn and willing to put the time in, and 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 some of these guys' cases, you can just show up every day is <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> um, it's um, that's that's what I really look for. So guys who really have the the, the mindset that they want to learn and they want to be able to uh, have a skill that they can, you know, if just learn from, and um, so we just look for guys that 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 are professional and conduct themselves professionally, obviously, if they have more education and that type of thing, it always helps um, in terms of their growth and development and you know i've I've kind of moved toward you know because it's been kind of difficult to find those type of people over the years that I've moved to to using a lot of subcontractors which Um, Again, in roofing, you you hire a job and you hire a subcontractor to do, um, and I've moved to kind of more of a supervisory role and just making sure that the job gets done right. Um, And I often tell, you know, especially the younger guys, when they start, again, they're so anxious to get up on the roof and do this and do that, and I tell them just make sure you pick up the nails in the driveway because, you know, most customers, you know, they don't know much about roofing, and as long as the roof is on, Looks good, and as long as as long as they um, you know, it's not leaking, they're they're good. But if you get a nail in their tire, then we got a whole whole problem. Then all of a sudden, you know, folks start looking for everything else that's wrong. So so you know, people that's really detail oriented is a type of people that we look for and um and try to train. And obviously, again, a lot of our work is on on the job training. So you know, if you're trainable and you've got a mindset that you want to you want to grow, that's really what we're looking for.
0: Very nice. Thank you. Next speaker.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Smith. I'm not in private practice, so I don't have a business. However, I would encourage anyone who wants to go into the medical field to get a private practice. I I work for General Motors, so my salary may, in the beginning, was not as much as someone in private practice, but in the end, it affords it, it, uh, uh, me more uh, time off. Uh, sick days, uh, time away from being on call, so it's just whatever you want, whatever your priority is, whatever you think you would enjoy, but I certainly would encourage uh, anyone who is interested in medicine to go into private practice because that's what the community needs. Um, We hire, uh, we do hire nurses. There's a spectrum of nursing skills and education from nurses who have associates degrees to nurses who have bachelor's degrees to nurse practitioners. The skill set does not have any, have, have, have any bearing on the type of individual. So their resume may look good, but it's, in my mind, when they appear before me, they have one of the things that I notice that they don't know is they don't even know what they're applying for, what, what the job entails, what huh? would you be doing. To me, that's something that you should research before you go to any interview.
7: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I look for, and these are unsaid things: hygiene. You're in a medical field, you have to have, you have to appear very hygienic, very clean. Um, you have to be articulate. I need a curiosity. You need to. I need to get the get the feeling that you're curious, um, self-driven, uh, energetic. And, and also, my common theme, nursing and medicine is a very physical field, just like roofing is. I need someone who's physically fit. If you come in there limping, I'm not going to think favorably about you, which may be a legitimate uh, condition that you have, but you, maybe you need to go to uh, online nursing or doing virtual nursing. But in my field, at the plant level, you need to be able to get it going. Okay.
0: Okay. Very nice. Thank you. Next speaker, please.
5: Uh, Todd Terry, Terry Insurance Agency. My 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 location kind of chose me uh, when I first started out. Uh, It was uh, you you work from a location, you know, and uh, so it happened to be Shelby Township, and uh, you know. But that was then. Now uh, it doesn't matter where I am. I can write a policy from my house. uh, Mm -hmm. Everything's all in. Uh, we write throughout the entire state of Michigan. I have clients in the UP, uh, from the top to the bottom. So uh, location is, is not so important nowadays as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, employees, what I look for is this first this first and foremost, I got to tr- If I don't trust them, there's no chance. They got to be honest, you know, they have to be a person of integrity. Then they got to have some basic skills, good phone skills. They got to have good communication skills uh, to deal with people. Uh, Computer skills, uh, ability to think on their feet. Uh, They got to be, got to have general math and aptitude. Uh, And and lastly, they got to have the uh, the ability to learn, the willingness to learn. And I got to know that they can be trained because I can train them if, if if they have. The skills and they're willing so uh that's what we look for uh and and, and i've learned that through the years because you know in the beginning you know i i i, I hired family members like you know and mentioned and it didn't work so mm-hmm. uh we go that down that road again so um that's what we look for so
0: very nice thank you my next speaker
6: uh this is kevin steel um from steel business group um Actually, Cardellis Garden is a, is a division of Steel Business Group and the Liability Company. Uh, the Cardella's Garden is our leader business, and that is the area that that we have grown and developed and really focused on within the last several years to expand. Um, the the thing that I look for, if I if I can start there with the ideal candidate, is again very similar to what was already said. I I, I agree with with the gentleman that just spoke. Trust. Is very, very important to me. Uh, we service primarily homeowners. So if I am coming to your residence with anyone, I have to trust that the people that I bring onto a person's property will mm-hmm. be as trustworthy, at least as I am. Because mm-hmm. in as much as the homeowner does not know whomever I bring on, whether they be a subcontractor, or one who personally works for our company or not, they they hold me responsible as the mm-hmm. owner, and so I look for people who will represent us in that way. The other area that is important to me is interest. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've hired, as was said, family and friends and different ones and so forth. But at this particular point, our industry, and I and I'm sure you all may agree. Um, my industry is one of, of which a person can grow and develop themselves. Mm-hmm. They can go as far as they would desire to. Um, it, with no pun intended, my business has grown organically in that um, we don't necessarily advertise as, as as much as others would have to uh, because a, a primary driver of my business is word of mouth of my clients. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, it's very easy for this to grow out of our hands, which is done for me. And that's a blessing. So Mm -hmm. in the process of that, I I stopped looking for people who just are looking for, well, initially looking for people who are just looking for a job. I am now looking for people that want to be a part of something that that could be um, bigger than themselves because legacy is important to me as well. But it's also important to be able to pass that skill set along to someone else. So in as much as as we have had employees over the past, I've also dealt with subcontractors, but in the process of that, the skill set or the focus had to be very similar. Trust had to be there. Interest had to be there, which, which brings the desire for excellence along with it, in that if they're interested in what they're doing, as the gentleman said, picking up the nail, that's a detail that some people would overlook, but it's mm-hmm. very important. So for us, for me, I like my lines straight, I like my circles round. Because a majority and, and, and this is and this is with great respect to gender, but a majority of my clients are ladies and they want like the gentlemen do, but they want their circles round. If we if we create a circle, it should be round. Not to belabor the point, but the fact of it is is if a person comes to the work site with interest then it stands to reason that they will do a better quality job. That, to me, ensures job security. And that is something I believe my wife had mentioned before, or someone else had spoken about, people wanting to work when they come to work. There are people in this in this society that we have that are actually wanting to work. And so it is a challenge to, to connect with the right ones, but I believe that, that they're out there, and as we put our desires for them out, then that's what we will attract. So for me, the work ethic, the trust is very important. The desire to look forward to being a part of something that's bigger than themselves is a component that's important to me as we're trying to build something. And last but not least, physically fit is important, too. Um, I, I won't, I won't uh, lie, be honest with you. Our work is hard work. We do heavy lifting at times. We're in extreme temperatures. And we're in, in places where we have to strain and move and all of these things, as you can imagine. For, for one who is weak and not able to handle that type of, of a responsibility, this is probably not for them. But for those who can and those who are willing to, to, to put forth some effort, and, and physically and even mentally by showing up mentally, um, what we have to offer will be of benefit to them. So, uh, and, and last part of it, our location, our, our headquarters location is in the city of Rochester Hills. Initially when I started off in, in the business, my prime, uh, much of my book of business was in the Detroit area and south of that. Um, what I did over the last few years was created a, a radius around where our current location is and focused on those cities that were closer to me within another 10 miles of where I am. And we've been able to expand probably into six more cities as a result of that. In the northern Oakland County, in the Macomb County area, of course, also in Wayne. So uh, these are the focuses of our our business, and that's who we're looking for. Thank you.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, I really... I thoroughly enjoyed this very, um, um, I was just so engaged in just the backgrounds and um, all of the great information you all share. So I do appreciate that. Um, thank you for being at the Meeting Place podcast. Um, I appreciate you all and thank you so much for your time and your professionalism.